Chapter 1 of Kit and Kitty. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Keith Salas. Kit and Kitty by Richard Doddridge Blackmore. Chapter 1 Uncle Corny. My name is Christopher Orchardson of Sunbury, Middlesex. I have passed through a bitter trouble which I will try to describe somehow for my wife's sake and my own, as well as to set us straight again in the opinion of our neighbors, which I have always valued highly, though sometimes unable to show it. It has not been in my power always to do the thing that was wisest, and whenever this is brought up against me, I can make no answer, only to beg those who love blame to look at themselves, which will make their eyes grow kinder before they begin to be turned on me. For five and twenty years of life I went on very happily, being of an unambitious sort, and knowing neither plague nor pain, through the strength of my constitution and the easiness of my nature. Most of my neighbors seemed to live in perpetual lack of something, and if ever they got it they soon contrived to find something more to hanker for. There were times when I felt that I must be a fool, or to say the least a dullard, for slackness of perception which kept me satisfied with the life I had to live. But two things may be pleaded well in my excuse on this account. In the first place, all my time was spent among creatures of no ambition, trees and flowers and horses and the like, that have no worry, and what was even to the purpose more, I had no money to enlarge its love. For my uncle Cornelius, better known to all who had dealings with him as Corny the Topper, took care of me, and his main care was to make me useful, as an orphan should be. My father had been his elder brother, and had married rashly a lady of birth and education far above his own, but gifted with little else to help her, unless it were sweetness of disposition and warmth of heart and loveliness. These, in a world like ours, are not of much account for wearing, and she had no chance to wear them out. Being taken away quite suddenly, my life was given at the cost of hers and my father, after lingering for a few months, took his departure to look for her. Old people say that my Uncle Corny had been very fond of my mother, looking up to her in his youthful days as a wonder of grace and goodness, and even now when he spoke about her, as I have known him to do after a tumbler of grog, his hard gray eyes would glisten softly, like the vinery glass of an afternoon, when a spring cloud passes over it but none the more for that did he ever plant a shilling in my youthful hand. This proves his true estimate of money as a disadvantage to the young. My uncle possessed an ancient garden, which had once belonged to a monastery, and the times being better than they are now, he was enabled to work it so that he made fair living out of it. We lived in an ancient cottage in the fine old village of Sunbury, or rather to the westward of that village, and higher up the river. Our window looked down upon the Thames, with nothing more than the Shepperton Road and the slope of the bank to look over, what with waterworks, grand villas, the railway, and other changes, the place is now so different that a native may scarcely know it, but all was thoroughly simple, quiet, and even dull to lazy folk in the days of which I am speaking. My parents had managed to leave me so, or had it so managed by a higher power, that from my very infancy I was thrown upon Uncle Corny, he was a masterful man indeed, being of a resolute disposition, strong body, and stout sentiments. There was no mistaking his meaning when he spoke, and he spoke no more than a man is bound to do, for his own uses. 
Those who did not understand his nature said a great deal against him, and he let them say it to the width of their mouths, for he felt that he was good inside and would be none the better for their meddling. He was now about threescore years of age, and wished himself no younger, having seen enough of the world to know that to pass through it once was quite enough. Few things vexed him much, except to find his things sold below their value, and that far less for the love of money than from the sense of justice. But when he was wronged, as all producers, being one to a thousand must be, he was not the man to make a to-do, and write to the papers about it. All he did was to drive his stick into the floor, and look up at the ceiling. For his own part he was quite ready to be proved in the wrong, whenever he could see it, and whatever may be said I can answer for it. There were more men now than can be counted in a year who are under Uncle Corney's mark, while an hour would be ample for the names of those who would dare look over my uncle's head when he comes to be judged finally. All this is too much of a preface for him. His manner was always to speak for himself, and he must become somebody else ere ever he would let his young nephew do it for him. End of chapter 1